0: All right, hey guys, welcome back to the Family Solvers podcast. And today we are going to go over some of the things that I saw at the the regional match from the last episode. Just some of the, uh, I guess, questions um, from new guys uh, and uh, some things just that I saw that you know, hope, hopefully, I can help some people out. And uh, just to kind of preface this, I'm not, I'm not picking on any of these guys. Um, everyone I met was just freaking awesome uh, I got to shoot with one of my buddies Garth and it was his first match and, and honestly some of these questions are you know stuff that he asked me And but I've made every one of these mistakes and more more than once so I'm not uh, harping on anybody it's just things that I've learned the hard way and can helpfully uh, maybe help solve a couple of easy things so one of the first things I noticed was uh, there was a, a decent amount of shots going high and low, and getting good data before a match it, it is paramount. Um, you know, so the I mean, if you you don't have to go buy a lab radar and a Kestrel to get perfect data. Um, you, can, you can download the Hornady Fordoff app or uh, buy the Applied Ballistics app. Um, you can borrow a chronograph from someone or, you know, even if you don't, you can get, you can take a rough estimate on your velocity and take it out to a range, uh, you know, and, and calibrate your velocity And, you know, I would say getting something, you know, at least, um, you know, most in the PRS, the heart of our shots is going to be within seven, probably 700 yards, maybe 800 yards, depending on the match. But, um, if you can get really solid data, I would say at least to 700 yards, then you'll set yourself up for success and then you can focus on you know, your fund your fundamentals and doing what you need to be doing and reading the wind and stuff like that. But, you know, having uh, where you're hitting two or three tenths high or low at, you know, four and five hundred yards is it's gonna it's gonna frustrate you and it's just gonna make things exponentially more difficult. And so take a day or if, if they'll allow it at a match beforehand, um, just verify, um, you know, maybe shoot one at 300, 500 and 700, or, um, you know, if they've got a thousand yards, you know, shoot at a thousand and and verify and and walk it back in. But that is going to be honestly, probably the easiest, simplest thing to, eliminate variables and not be wondering what's going on and kind of set yourself up for success so get data it's there's there's a million ways to do it you can you don't have to spend a ton of money to do it but get it lined out it'll help a ton so then the the next thing and this was my biggest struggle by a long shot um honestly for for a long time uh but going through a stage send, you know getting a game plan you know and say you're you, you've got a, a line of targets and you're i'm, I'm gonna hold a, a half mil eight tenths and a mil then you go out and you, sh- you send your first shot and you're three-tenths off the target. Then you move to your next target, like, all right, my next target was eight-tenths, and you send it, and you're off again. And then you go to the next one, and it's a mill. Being able to slow down and process all the information that that you're being given and then being able to translate that into the next shot is going to be – it, and and it I it's the hardest thing. I think, at least for me, I'll say that. But to be able to s- slow your, slow yourself down and not just be rushing that you've got to get the next shot off, and that you already have this plan in your mind and that your plan may have to be adjusted if it doesn't work, which there's a, <laughs> a pretty decent chance that you know. It will at least change a little bit. Um, so, seeing trust trust what the bullet's telling you. Um, I did see a lot where um, you know someone would send a shot and they'd be you know four tenths from the center of the target and they send it again and send it again and and I get you know you get on the clock and everything you know you got to rush through and you got to get 10 shots off and you know you got three more positions and and everything but even if you time out and say say you only get five shots off but you see where you miss and then take the time put your hole back in the center of the target measure to where you impacted and bring that point over into the center of the target and send that shot and being able to process that cuz the bullet's not going to lie to you it it experienced that wind and you know assuming you know you made a good you know a good trigger break and and all that that stuff it's going to tell you exactly what you need to do and f- where i think I think this does come down to repetition. Um, I don't think it's something that you can maybe necessarily just teach yourself or at least I can't i'm not I'm not that smart um, but you know, whether it be just going out and shooting and seeing seeing what happens and and taking a second and realizing okay, this hit here, why did it do that? okay, so I'm gonna make this adjustment and send it and see, okay, that hit, okay, why did it hit, and, you know, you can run practice stages or dry fire, but, you know, getting repetitions in so that all of the crazy amount of things that you're having to think about on the clock of, you know, where you know my natural point of aim and where am i placing the bag and setting the rifle and is it level and a good trigger squeeze and what is the wind doing and how much time do i have left and you know all this this massive amount of information that we're trying to process in 90 to 120 seconds if when you can get a big chunk of that into your subconscious where you're not having to think about it is when I, I feel like my mental processing is able to keep up with what it needs to do, and those are the ways that I've found that it's helped me, is just getting repetitions, you know, whether, and and it's gonna, I think it's probably gonna be individual for every person, but you know, I've just, I've done things where I just lay prone, and and just dry fire and and focus on a good trigger squeeze, no matter what, every single time. Or I built a couple of practice barricades that I keep here at the shop, um, and thinking, okay, you know, if I move, if I'm moving left to right, my feet go here, or right to left, my feet go here, or if I'm moving up and down, how does the bag need to go, how do I pull the rifle, you know, how am I, what, you know, loading into the rifle at this height of a prop and this height, you know, from a kneeling or a standing or, you know, and and kind of just evaluating things on when there's no time constraint, it's just you, and being able to uh, analyze all those different little things, and over time, you, you figure out how to break the, each of those little steps down and can move on to the next thing. And then each of those little components becomes a part of your subconscious that you has just been drilled into your brain. And when your brain's not having to do as many things, it can focus on the things that are more important. And I hope that makes sense. Um but that's it took me probably a year of shooting matches before i even realized what i needed to address or look for and then started working on some things from there um but all in all when you get out there don't focus on just ha- having to get you know eight or ten shots down the barrel, you know, in under two minutes and making it to all the different positions. Because honestly, if you move through all five positions and send all ten shots and you zero, you know, you, you you zero it or or miss or you know get one impact, then it doesn't do you any better than if you would have only gotten three shots off, but they were all freaking perfect. So. That's the one I struggled with the most and honestly still still struggle with um, when things get a little hectic or if I can't get a solid game plan. But figure out how to move these more basic things out of your processing power. So that you can focus on what actually matters, and then trusting the shot, and, and being able to to move that over. So then, the next one was um, setting up uh, your dope cards for a stage, and this is how I like to do it. You know, there's there's a few I've seen a few different variations. I don't think necessarily one way is better than the other. Um but I did see some guys where the, you know, they would, it would have like the distance, your elevation and, um, a wind value. And now I know I'm going to contradict myself. I know that's what Bushman does. And the guy is a freaking math wizard and can do, he'll have one wind value for the first target and then do math and, and work it all the way out for the rest of the targets. I, I'm not smart enough to do that, um, but what I like to do, what I see most people do, is when you you know say you've got three or four targets, and you know you get your elevation for all the targets, and then uh, you know take your Kestrel and uh, get a good uh, win reading, and, you know uh, a min, a max, and an average, and you know I I would suggest. Probably making, you know, unless it's just a super steady wind, I would say three wind columns. Um, and having a men, you know, your men, max, and average. If things are, you know, super up and down, uh, you know, that you're getting a lot of gusts or lulls, you know, you can make four columns or five columns. I, I think I've even had some stages where I had six, mainly just so I have at least have the information in front of me that I can analyze and you know if I'm on the clock and all of a sudden I get you know damn near blown over like oh yeah this is that 30 mile an hour wind I wrote down um, but having some and the reason I like having multiple wind columns is it takes yeah you know while I'm on the clock that's one less thing I have to figure out and so you know, say I've got a a 9, a 12, and a 15-mile-an-hour wind bracket, and I think I'm going to go in and hold at my 12, uh, and I send my shot at the first target, and I needed more wind. I make that adjustment, and then I'm like, okay, I needed three more tenths, and I reference down to my, my arm board, and it lines up with my 15-mile. Well, then I I've already got my wind hold for the next target. And so it's just having that information available to you for a quick reference rather than say you write one wind value down and all of a sudden that didn't work and you're not an engineer <laughs> that can do math like that in your head that fast. It's just a good reference point. And then I, honestly, I like to study it before I get up on the clock and think, you know, okay, this is, here's, you know, probably the, you know, if minimum, um, but this is what the average has been over the last couple of minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'll probably, you know, maybe I start there, or I can, if you mill the target and you see how wide you can, you can create your brackets of, you know, I'm seeing a, a nine to 13 and, and the jump from nine to 13 miles an hour, and my data is uh, four tenths, and I look and it's a five tenths target. Well, lo and behold, your brackets, you know, theoretically should put you on that target no matter what. And so being able to mentally get those game plans together uh, before you go up there and having to figure stuff out on the clock. Um, And as far as um, the difference in the wind columns, um, I generally like to do two or three miles an hour. Um, You know, it's going to be dependent on... Um, what's going on? Um, and what the changes between those? So you know, say, you know, you have you know next to no wind, or it's a twelve thirty or one o'clock, and you know, a big jump, and when speed isn't going to make a big uh, difference in your data, you know, you can you know, take that into account, but I generally two to three miles an hour it will give me a good spread of information, especially if I'm doing like four brackets, you know, you can cover, you know, eight miles an hour or 12 miles an hour of wind variance. So it's going to get you a lot of information and probably uh, cover you for what you need. You know, if, if you're getting A very drastic, you know, big gust, and it's very up and down. You know, you can move it to four miles an hour, um, but setting that up is going to, I think, get you the information that you're going to want to for your prep and to have a good reference while you're on the clock. So then, another one that I saw was um, uh, zooming, zooming in and out. Um with your with your scope, mainly zooming out to be able to find targets and zooming back in to be able to get a holding point. And the there's probably two things I would suggest. One, just spending a little bit of time when you're at a range and just looking through different magnification settings. Um, and seeing what's comfortable for you as far as um, you know your field of view and being able to find uh, targets and references and you know zoomed in enough that you can have a a fine enough holding point. Um, You know when I very first started doing this I would I would shoot just about everything on like 12 power Um, I wasn't very good at um, finding targets or, or having good reference points um, but with that, I struggled seeing, uh, impacts, you know, it, it, at that low of a magnification, yeah, I just kind of see a plate rock or, or shimmer or whatever. Um, you know, I know some guys, uh, shoot, you know, over 20, um, you know, maybe 22, 23 power on their scope. And personally for me, that's, that's a little much, um now I generally run, uh, somewhere between, uh, 18 and 20. Um, if it's a, you know, if I'm prone and, you know, the targets are very easy to reference, you know, I may go up to 25 or something like that just to have a, a good refined aiming point. But, uh, just getting some practice and seeing what, what works for you. Um, but zoom, you know, zoom, having to zoom in and zoom out, you know, for every transition, um, one, it's just a lot to add to do on the clock and then it's something else to keep up with. And then, uh, you know, if you just grab it and spin it over, then you may zoom in too much, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Um, but then the other thing, To help with that is when you're doing your stage prep and you're looking for the targets find find your target reference points Um, and depending on where you're at you know it can be more difficult than others but um, you know you can look for a specific uh, berm or relation to um, you know a a very obvious tree uh, you know or Alone group of bushes, or you know, when it you can use um, skyline references. You know, maybe you've got a a particular hill, and your target's directly down from the peak, or a wind turbine, or a telephone pole, or something like that. But finding something that with the naked eye and knowing in relation to where that thing is will help tremendously and and when you're getting ready to go you know you can just, you know okay reference there's a target second reference there's a second target and and run through it a handful of times so that when you get up on that that prop or whatever and you look at it and you point your gun at it and where you, you know that relation to the the target then you're you're you know you're there. You, you come into the glass and the target's in your field of view. So that, I think, takes practice, you know, getting, setting your rifle down and coming in behind it and the target being in the glass, but you can get really good at that fairly quickly if you just, um, if you just practice it. But having mental reference spots, whatever that makes, however it makes sense to you, Will drastically speed things up um, then the next thing and it, it sounds trivial but it, it will it will help um, add up to little things but um, getting your bag set up properly on a prop um, you know not just throwing it down uh, or you know, when you, when you pick it up to move to the next stage, you know, maybe you set it perfect for your first one, but then you grab it and you throw it down and it's, it's wrecked for the next one. But, you know, especially there's, you know, our, the bags that we run today, you know, webad and Armageddon gear, you know, you can orient them quite a few different ways, um, you know, draping it over, over the prop, setting it on its side, Setting it upside down, Uh, tits up, I guess, is how a lot of people reference it. But, you know, changing how you set it down can get you more stable. You could have mag clearance issues depending on what it is. Um, But then when you move, you know, rather than just crumpling, you know, grabbing a handful and dropping it on the next one, you know, trying to grab it where it's it still stays you know sprawled open and you can set it and it it goes back how it needs to um and you can kind of practice you know there's different ways of grabbing it um but setting yourself up for success so that when you put your rifle down it's not wobbling all over and you're frustrated and you got to get a shot off and you're not stable um and then also, whenever you know, when you do get that good bag placement, taking that extra half a second to settle your rifle down in it, just give it the little shimmy, shimmy, you know, and uh, that will make a ton of difference. Um, you know, as as you shoot, it the recoil settles it down in the bag, but uh, especially for that first shot. You know whether whether you put your hand down on top of the scope or or, you know up at the fore and just give it that quick little forward and back with some pressure and get it settled down in and it'll make all the difference in the world Um, then the next one uh, planning planning the stage before before you get started Um, and Stage prep could honestly probably be its own episode in and of itself, but, um, you know, look look at the course of fire, you know, how many targets, make sure you know where they're at, make sure you know the distances, you've got your data written down properly. If you mark your turrets, make sure they're marked properly. You don't have it a rev-off or mill-off or whatever that may be. But then... Um, you know, if you've got a bunch of movements or it's a weird prop, you know, go up, go up and look at it and think. Okay, you know, where where does my bag need to go? Where does my bipod need to go? You know, where where am where am I gonna be? Um, can I fit here? Uh, you know, am I gonna have to do something funky? Um, you know, what does my bipod height need to be? Do, do I need to? Um, can I have it all the way out on the end of the arc rail, or do I need to bring it? closer in um to fit or in you know in case i need to make an adjustment is it you know within arm's length to be able to reach it um you know am i gonna do uh you know tripod rear or you know how how is there a ton of movements you know it's just you know kind of break down but just look at you know each little step and then once you've got it all figured out Mentally walk through that stage uh, at least once, um, if not if not a handful of times. But you know, I like to visualize uh, going up. You know, and and I mean, I you can you know close your eyes and 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 vi- envision it. But you know, going up, setting your bag where it needs to be, setting the bipod where it needs to be, getting behind it. Closing the bolt, perfect trigger press, seeing where it goes, dialing to your next elevation, moving the rifle, setting up the next position properly, and you know, walking through each target and each transition. And that way, when you go run the stage, you've already run it. it you know, it, it's practice at that point. Um, but I saw a lot of a lot of guys where um, they would, uh, you know, move move to the next position, or you know, finish their position, grab their bag, and then look like, okay, uh, you know, I need to. I'm just going to put this here, uh, or um, or getting into a position and it not working, and having to fiddle with a bunch of things like you know, bipod or having to move their bag again or losing targets or forgetting to dial or, or, you know, whatever it may be. But if you set yourself up for success ahead of time and you've already run through it, it you're going to have a lot less issues. Um, but that's one thing that the mental run throughs is what um, at least helps me. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll get my my plan together for the positions and and my data and all that, but then, like, I'll go stand behind my binos and, you know, just run through the targets two or three times, make sure I've got my references, and then just close my eyes and picture it, Uh, you know, each of those little steps, you know, the perfect trigger press, you know, seeing that bullet hit and Okay, you know the, the plate rocked this way, so I'm gonna, you know, and then it it just, you've already seen it, you've already done it, and now you've just got to go do it. Um, then the last the last point, um, and this definitely isn't to 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 knock on on anyone, um, because I know I've done it, um, and I I've I've seen this at, I saw this at this match, but I've seen it at, at Pro matches too, but uh, when you talk to people you know in your squad or, or, or you know you come up on the stage with the, and you're listening to the, the squad in front of you, the information that other people give, you, you need to know where that information is coming from. And like, so for, for instance, you know, you could, someone could be spotting another guy shooting and he finishes up and he turns around and is like, oh, you know, he was off the left, you know, for all of his misses, but really he was off the right. And that guy just had a, 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 you know, he was just off a little bit from behind the shooter. And from that angle, it looked like he was off the other side. Um, you know, there's just a lot of little things like that. Um, or, um, you know, you maybe the the wind was completely different for this guy, and he's like telling you, you know, I needed uh three tenths right, and uh, and I, and I cleaned it. Well, now it's a totally different speed and direction for you, so you know, just. Don't get too wrapped up in what you're hearing. Um, I even We went to a stage um, at one of the pro matches earlier this year, and when we walked up, everyone was saying, oh, I think the distances are wrong. Uh, everyone's everyone's going over the top of this one target. And uh, we, ran, we ranged it. It was within a couple yards of the matchbook, and... Uh, everyone was like, "Oh, you got to take a couple tents off." And I, I think, and I, I obviously wasn't there to watch their squadron, but I think, I think, just the way that the, where the target was at and what was around it, it made people think that something else was happening. Um, and the guy uh, in my squad didn't. Uh, you know, verified the range for himself, ran with the data that he thought was appropriate, and hit the and hit the target. So, um, it, don't get too wrapped up, and you just you just never know. Um, you know, maybe the experience level of that person or the uh, scenario that they were shooting in, or what the setup was, or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, there's a lot of really good information that is shared and that you can learn. Um, But verify it for yourself um, if you can. Um, You know, maybe take it, you know, hear them uh, and and make your own appropriate decision uh, from there. Uh, Just don't want to see... people get misled or, or you, you know, like, oh, well, this guy told me this and man, he lied to me, you know, he didn't lie to you, he just, that was probably the truth for when he went. Um, so, um, but I just, I saw, you know, a lot of that of, you know, oh, I was here, and it, but really they were on the other side or they were high or low or whatever the case may be. um And it just, it happens a lot or, and this is one that, uh, I've seen, uh, for me personally, um, for those of y'all that haven't met me, I'm a fairly large guy. Um, uh, I'm hundred fifty 250 pounds and I'm freaking wide. I don't fit in a lot of places that some of these other guys can fit into. And, and, uh, I would, and someone would come up and say, "Oh yeah, well, I ran it." You know, this position, this position, this position. And like, cool, sounds great. And then I go and I'm like, "How the hell did you fit into here and contort yourself into fitting?" You know, so it's just make sure it works for you because um, you don't want to, um, you know, every single one of these guys that's out there that's sharing information, they're they're doing it to help, um, but you want to make sure that it, it just applies to you. So that's kind of the the things that I saw or people asked me um, that I felt like that I could at least weigh in on. Um, if you do have other questions, uh, I'm, I'm compiling a list. Um, but shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. It's arms on Instagram and Facebook or Mike Moose-Birtus on Facebook. I'm on YouTube under Failing Storms, and now we've got the Failing Storms podcast. Uh, now it is up on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. So, I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts, and uh, it's it's really it, I, you know, it's it's new. It's still a very small podcast, but just, like, even, even at the match this weekend, I had a couple, like, hey, you're the guy that does the videos, right, or you, you do the, po- uh, yeah, really, <laughs> and it, it kind of took me by surprise, but it's just, it's so cool, like, if you have, I would love to hear what you think, even if you think I'm a total idiot, and, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about and tell me to shut up, I want to hear it, you know, at least I want to know why, why you think I'm an idiot, um, but if you're or if you're enjoying them which I hope you are uh please let me know in any other uh topics that you would uh like to see covered but I appreciate it guys uh thanks for joining in and um uh, I'm going to do so coming up I I'm going to backtrack a little bit earlier into the year and I I want to do a recap um for, you know from my perspective on Clay's match and on the Loophole match um just at least while they're still fairly fresh in my mind um and go over you know for those that you ha- that haven't been to that match what 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 those are like and uh what I got out of it and what I thought of them uh but those are those will be coming up in the next uh week or two and then I'm going to be traveling so not this weekend, but next, I'm going to the Oakey Springs Showdown at Fowled Boar. And then the weekend after that, I will be at uh, the Raton match for the Federal King of Coal Canyon. Uh, and I'm staying with some guys at Raton. And I got I still need to reach out to them. But hopefully, there's there's some really good guys, really strong shooters staying there. And I would like to do the the new shooter episode. Um going over different tiers i guess of new shooters you know from brand new to mid-pack uh you know shot a handful of matches kind of thing um so if you do have questions that you would like in that please uh, send them over to me but appreciate it guys talk to you soon see you on the next one